That night, I decided to go for a walk. The days were still long, and back then, kids could still go for walks at dusk without the fear of ending up on a milk carton. Are you good? I am as good as I've been in the last three minutes. <laughs> You're a variation of good. That's what we'll say. <laughs> a variation of good. Uh, welcome to Growing Up Punk, the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. Or, should I say, uh, according to someone on our Instagram, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna shout them out by any means. But they said, uh, "Can you guys please cover a punk band, uh, Drug Church, maybe, or Total Chaos, just a real punk band, or change the name?" To growing up late '90s mall and pop punk. <laughs> yeah, well, you know. What? I mean, you can go pop shove it for all I care. <laughs> well done. But <laughs> uh, uh, well, I was just say, I mean, if you've tuned into our recent episode, sure, we've been doing a, a lot, an awful lot of more of that, like mall pop punk sort of stuff. We've got. I feel like we've got one or two maybe episodes in the past that were, you know, we. I mean, I don't know about this guy he does go on to list or they i should say uh go on to list a couple things like uh oh yeah so drug church total chaos lawrence arms or calcutta if you're gonna do pop punk the queers sicko or some real pop punk <laughs> all right i uh, i, no, I it's appreci- one of those topics uh, it's hard to hard to please everyone you could take well, any the- genre of music and there's going to be someone so oh, I, well, I get it i'm not trying to say we're like punk elitists no, at, not just, at all. Well, and that's that's kind of the whole tagline thing about the podcast about punk rock and all of its friends. Because I don't really care if it's real punk, not real punk. I've, I mean, I've listened to it all and enjoyed it all at different times, and also hated a, some of it at different times. Right? So uh, I just thought it was funny. I was like, I was kind of waiting for you know a comment or a message like that. Um, but there it is. And you know what? If they're still hanging around, you know, shout out to you. Maybe in the future we will uh, we'll change the name to Growing Up Mall Punk. <laughs> well, I think the biggest part is just when you found that music, right? When right. I found it, like, it was just so much different than anything else. And so to me, I was like, oh, man, like, this is punk. Like, finally, right, something right. fast. You yeah. know, I didn't know it was supposed to be, like, crusty and whatever, <laughs> where it, wherever it came from, right? But sure, I don't know. Sure, yeah, but, yeah. Um, I should finish though because I, I, I uh, in my notes it actually says intro you bum because I realized uh, I don't often actually get all the important information out so let's start again welcome to Growing Up Punk the podcast about punk rock <laughs> and all of its friends my name is David and I'm Aaron and uh, if you want to go follow us on our social media accounts you can do so at Growing Punk Pod you can find us on Instagram where that guy found us you can also find us on Twitter uh, we've got a Facebook page out there as well um and wherever you're listening, you can listen to this show, you know, wherever you find podcasts. So make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all of that good stuff. So on this episode, uh, we're going to talk about the Wonder Years. We're going to get into them. They're a band that I wanted to, uh, I'm sure they're defined as mall punk. So we're going to continue that trend. Uh, <laughs> uh, a band that I've been wanting to get you into for, for a little, or, or at least get you to talk about for a little bit. But before we do that, um, what's new in Aaron's world? Yeah, well, there's a few things that stand out from this week. Um, So one of my best friends here had a baby this week, so that was cool. Um, And on uh, 
less lighter note, a friend of mine's dad passed away suddenly mm. this week. Um, so today I was uh, smoking some meat to, to take to them. So it was kind of, you know, that weird uh, juxtaposition yeah, yeah. of celebrating life and right. I'm really sorry your dad passed away. I didn't actually ask you to get real when I was asking that question. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what's been on my mind. So, But on a, on a more, I guess, yeah. lighthearted note, there's a new Jerry Seinfeld stand-up special on Netflix that's awesome. Uh, so go check so that out if you like that. Did you watch, I don't remember what it's called, but the one where he kind of covers, you know, as he's getting into stand-up comedy and stuff, and he like, did you see that one on Netflix? Uh, he, like I he does a stand-up. Yeah, he does a stand-up set back in some club in New York or whatever. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, and he's and kind, of kind of inter- about- Yeah, and it's kind of interweaved with sort of like more autobiographical sort right. of stuff. Yeah, he's got that the- road with all the notes on yes, it. Yes, I was and- just going to say that shot where he's sitting there. He's like, this is literally every single joke I've ever yeah, written. crazy. Sitting in front of him and around. Yeah, it's, it's insane. But, uh, I mean, I guess that's one of the things. Like, if you're going to be one of the greats, you're going to have a lot of stuff that you've you know, kind of, I don't remember if he said it was, you know, the good and the bad. Like if it was, you know, just all of his stuff that made it onto, you know, that he would do touring or on his comedy specials or whatever, or if that's literally every joke he ever wrote, good, bad, and ugly, but, uh, it's pretty, pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, go check that out. If you, uh, if you need a laugh during this time, there's some good yeah. stuff in there. I went and, uh, looked at an RV today. <laughs> Like oh, nice. not to buy, yeah, not to buy. But we're we're still planning on doing this. lots of Breaking Bad and yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like I gotta, you know what? Money's tight these days. <laughs> People are looking to forget all their troubles these days. So why we're not start cooking cross, Christmas? Meth? We're going cross country, different cook every place. They'll never find yeah. us. There you go. <laughs> so that's the thing. Yeah, we're we're planning this big like cross country road trip, which uh, we're still planning on doing, and. Um, it, it's obviously taken a bit of a change, and so we had some friends that were like, hey, we've got an RV that we would let you borrow if you want. And so we're like, well, they're like, it's kind of a little bit older. Like, it's, uh, you know, they've, they've had it for a number of years, and I'm kind of like, all right, well, let's go check it out. Like, I don't know if I want to, you know, drive across the country and something that's going to die halfway there. So we go and look at it, and it's just, it's funny, because if we actually, like, we're leaning towards doing it, I said can you like get it looked at like they have another rv as well they just bought one last year so they've got two he's a doctor um (laughs) anyway uh yeah i was like can you get it like looked at just you know a once over before we like try you know head out on the road with this thing because they're pretty confident that it'll do fine so um but it'll just be it'll be hilarious when we roll up and uh you know like take off in this thing because it'll like all we keep joking about is how it'll be every one of those classic like you know, like summer road trip, family road trip movies or whatever. Um, we're going to be the guy like in uh, like Christmas Vacation, National Lampoon's oh, yeah, or whatever, yeah. like that shows <laughs> up and he's like, I'm like, I'm going to have my like wife beater on and my bathrobe and, you know, like a, a funny hat or whatever. It's like, it's, it. yeah, we're just going to be a mess. I'm going to be emptying my like black water out of the RV just straight <laughs> into the sewer on the side of the streets. <laughs> so it's one that you like drive in or is it one that yeah. you tow? No, no, no. It's yeah, it's it's a bus. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, Man. it's it'll be great because I mean the idea then is to um, just drive you know as far as we can and then basically sleep in you know like road stops or or like Walmart parking lot sort of thing, right? So yeah, um, that's kind of that's kind of the idea to do long days and then plus like there's you can get up and move around a little bit and, and whatever yeah, and then we can oh, that'd be awesome. cook and have a bathroom and yeah just all this stuff on hand, but. So who knows? We'll we'll see. That's kind of the plan right now. But uh, the the great thing is, is that 
when that trip happens initially, I was like, I don't know what we're going to do for this show, right? Um, but I'll, I'll literally have a mobile studio that I can go sit in and record because once we get there, we're not sleeping in it. We're sleeping at my parents, right? I'm just basically going to park it for a month or two months oh, or however long we're there oh, for. Awesome. And then, yeah. yeah, when it's time to record, I can just go over to the RV and, you know, just sitting there and not feel like I'm a creep sitting in my car on the side of the road or something. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be oh, a creep sitting in an RV. <laughs> yeah. If yeah, the neighbors are close, they'll just be like, he goes in there just once a week for like an hour. What's going on? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so before we get into things, we decided we wanted to try something a little different, a little new to add to the show, where we thought we would um, highlight some some new music really quick. So we've each got you know a song of something that came out. The only kind of rules that I sort of laid out is, I mean, it's it's not impossible, but it's difficult. I find anyway to be like every week know exactly what's coming out and listen to it all and whatever so some stuff right. we're going to discover a few weeks down the road type thing but so um but yeah stuff that's been released within the last month or so at least and uh, i think though possibly i didn't check the date on mine there's a good chance so that both of ours came out the pre like this past friday before recording but yeah um but of course by the time this gets released it's already at least a week old anyway so um what uh let's start with you you uh you had a song that you had to share with me in a band that you've been talking about um over the course of the last few days just absolutely loving their new record yeah it's a band called ground culture they're from uh, the uk they just popped up on uh, uh like a music site i check a release site and so i just checked it out and it caught my attention and so when it uh I guess yeah. Then whenever it was the day or day after when it came out, checked it out, and it's a uh, it's kind of a weird record for me to like. Um, kind of the more I listen to it, and I've sent it to a few friends, and they're they're kind of like, ah, I don't know if I really like this. There's a bit too much <laughs> kind of new metal nuances to it, and which I'm kind of getting now the more I listen to it. And some of those songs are later in the album, but for me, there's just enough of that that it's not annoying. Um, and it, it reminds me more of kind of old kind of nineties, hardcore, um, maybe like bands like Snapcase that weren't like yeah. heavy hardcore. Um, you know, they still had screaming, but it was a bit more, not atmosphere, but maybe a dynamic or mood to it. And so that's what this, this album reminded me of S- similar to some of the ways that dragged under, um, reminded me of some of those bands. I mean, dragged under is a lot more polished and, um, on the heavier side of things, but I don't know this record for some reason, which is weird because there's not a lot of kind of odd, should I say, records that I really love. Not that this one's right. that odd, but I would just to further your point with the new metal thing though, and then comparing them to Dragged Under. That was one of the things that stood out with me uh, to Dragged Under though was like some of these you could hear sort of like new metal. Uh, influences in there but uh, anyway the song that you sent to me unless it's changed but the song that you sent to me that you wanted to to kind of highlight to give people an idea was the I think the opening track yeah off the album yes it's called Life Won't Wait Stop in the changes you made 
And uh, yeah, so the the album that I kind of picked was uh, it's just an EP, and it came out of nowhere. I was just going through my um, my new music playlist or whatever on Apple Music, so they updated every Friday with a bunch of new stuff. And it, the the annoying thing is, is like I'm always convinced that it just came out that day, like whatever's on that list, and then I'll look and be like, oh, this actually came out you know six weeks ago or whatever, and it will just and pop it, up on your list then. Sometimes, maybe not quite six weeks, but it's not always like that week. It's just oh, stuff that's huh. new within, and so it's like stuff that they, you know, Apple, their computers think I'll like, right? Like the algorithm thinks I'll like, and so um, this one, it came on, and at first it's kind of like, well, this is a little, I don't know what I think about this, and then I was all of a sudden I was sitting there, kind of slack jawed, like just like mouth agape, and I'm like wait what's happening and then i went and clicked on the album and i was like okay it's an ep there's some other songs here let's because that's also super disappointing when you click on it and you're like oh it's just a single yeah. well that's cool but i want more right yeah um and so anyway i'm like okay it's an ep i think it's got six songs on it or whatever and uh so i like click play on the first one i was like okay like i i'm i'm kind of getting more and more behind this in fact like the song i probably liked the least was the first one that i heard which i think is track too. But anyway, um, they're a band called Millington, and why I'm going on about them is because they just des- they describe themselves as the sad boys of ska punk, and like it's a hundred percent accurate. Like when it first comes on, I'm like, yeah, it sounds like basically most you know kind of like sad boy pop punk bands or whatever, right? Like pretty fits in pretty pretty tightly with what's going on in pop punk these days. And then all of a sudden, the horn section comes in, and I'm like, wait, what? What is happening here? And uh, so I shared it with a couple of people, and the response I got from everyone was like they all enjoyed it. And I think it was uh, David from Jimmy Eat Pod, which he's come up a couple times. We sort of go back and forth on Twitter, but I sent it to him when we were having a conversation. I was like, "Oh, by the way, go listen to this." And so he gets back with me. He's like, "Why is this so good?" And we were like discussing for a few minutes, and I was like, "It's kind of like you know if Blink One Eighty Two didn't just have like a skanking like a skanking bunny as like a mascot, but instead they were actually a ska band." Or he, I think, more aptly, more, like better put it, he said, or like Newfound Glory if they were a ska band. And then all of a sudden I'm like, yeah, I can hear that. So it's it's kind of this neat thing. Uh, the song that I wanted to, the, the EP is called the Beatdown Generation EP. But the song that I wanted to highlight is a song called Let You In.
come back home. So, yeah, let's get into, I guess... Trying to, I'm trying to rearrange what I'm doing right now without, <laughs> without making a bunch of racket. Let's um, let's get into the Wonder Years though. We're going to talk about speaking of sad boy pop punk. Uh, I think I think they they fit. Um, Can you so we're clarify gonna ta- what that means? I, I don't know if I would. Well, yeah. So I mean I mean sad like a lot of pop punk these days is kind of it's I want to say lyrically takes a lot more influence from say like emo. Uh, bands yeah. just a bit more rather than, and yeah and like some of it yeah um and then a lot of it you know being a, a, a there you know there's a lot of stuff of like more introspective sort of lyrics versus um you know like when you think of we're in the middle of a series that we're putting on hold for this week but you know a band like blink 182 well right. i mean yeah they would have songs about getting dumped or breaking up or whatever but then most of their music was still kind of like lighthearted and and fun, but so bands like the Wonder Years and Real Friends and Knuckle Puck and you know like a lot of those big bands okay. in the pop punk scene these days, I think you could classify somewhat as sad boy. Maybe not all of them, and maybe not to a T, but um, it's definitely sort of a thing. And it's not even really a, a term that I like to use. I only brought it up because Millington used it. I'm like, why do we have to like? That's just even further labeling music, right? We talked off the top about you know like. <laughs> How you know we're like yeah a show about punk rock and all its friends we don't really care if it's got its roots somewhere in punk that's cool by us right yeah and um, yeah so like the term sad boy pop punk or whatever sad boy punk whatever you want to call it I'm kind of like ah maybe there's some bands that like that's purely what they are and then there are some bands where I'm like that's whatever it doesn't matter but we're gonna talk about the Wonder Years we're specifically gonna talk about. Um, their albums, The Greatest Generation, as well as uh, No Closer to Heaven. Um, but yeah, real quick off the top about the Wonder Years. I'm sure they got their name. In fact, I'm like 110% accurate or uh, certain that they got their name from the TV show, The Wonder Years. Did you ever watch it as a kid? Uh, I can't remember if it if it was on uh, basic TV or not. Yeah. Um, I mean, I've definitely watched on streaming services over the years, and you know, I'd see it at a friend's house or something, but I don't remember it being a, like a, a staple f- of my childhood by any means. I feel like I could be wrong, but I feel like it was on CBC. Like that's where I feel like I watch, you know, kind of in that block of programs where you had like The Simpsons, and they also had like, do you remember Jono Vision? Oh man, do you ever watch that? Man, I could do a whole podcast just on that show. Right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and like Jono Palooza, oh, <laughs> where they'd have like all the high amazing. school bands on. Yeah. But like, I feel like it was in that block of programs. I could okay. be wrong, and maybe it's just that like at that time in my life, I was you know kind of familiar with the Wonder Years and watching it as well as you know like watching the Simpsons and John the Jono Vision and stuff on CBC. I don't know. I can't guarantee it. I, I'm maybe I could find that on the internet, but I'm not about to look up. But what I did want to talk about was uh you know did did you ever hear the rumor that like the one kid in wonder years like the kind of skinny geeky nerdy kid was actually marilyn manson as a as a child yeah oh yeah i definitely heard that <laughs> um, i mean i think it was pretty quickly debunked and it was like that's not that that guy but it was yeah. pretty pretty intriguing i definitely remember like well, going back and looking it was like is that brian warner yeah well the funny thing is is like um i don't know as far as it being like quickly debunked, like it was still like something that spread though, right? Like, I mean, I heard it, you heard it, guaranteed anyone who's listening to this show who knew what the Wonder Years was and knew who Marilyn Manson or knows who Marilyn Manson is 
heard that rumor at some point in time. Whereas, like, now I feel like with the internet being what it is, it's so easy for people to be like, just to go online and be like, no, that's not true. Like, clearly look at this. But um, So I, I'm like 110% certain that they got their name from the TV show, but I like to believe that they actually took it from the MXPX song off of Life in General. Um, <laughs> there's a song called yeah. The Wonder Years. <laughs> and both, uh, both good spots to steal from. Well, and, and Soupy, so Dan Campbell, uh, who from here on forward we shall refer to him as Soupy, because that's his nickname, um, has talked about, as is, I think, every person whose last name is Campbell. I'm pretty sure, they, especially if they're a guy, they get the nickname Soupy or Soup. I don't know if I ever put that uh, two and two together <laughs> on that. I was just going to say, like, what a weird Why is name, he called Soupy. Soupy. <laughs> yeah. Because I've well, always seen that in quotations, but yeah, well, no, it's, it all makes sense. Wow. It's funny to, like, kind of go down a bit of a, a rabbit hole or whatever um, with guys with the nickname Soupy. Uh, so... I'm a fan of hockey. I specifically like the Toronto Maple Leafs. If there's other hockey fans, they're probably turning it off right now, being like, that guy's an idiot. But uh, we actually have there, – there are two players on the Leafs whose nickname is something to do with soup. Uh, one guy, his nickname is uh, Soup Man because uh, – or Superman, but spelled like soup. Uh, Ilya Mikheyev, he's from Russia, I believe. And one of the first things he said in one of his North American interviews was how he talked about liking soup so much. And so he got a nickname about, Sweet. you know, Soup Man. Or, but then they also have a goalie by the name of Jack Campbell, whose nickname is Soupy. Uh, and so I was like, oh, yeah, it always reminds me of that. But anyway, um, Soupy has actually talked about being, not Jack Campbell, but Dan Campbell from the Wonder Years, has actually talked about being a fan of the band uh, MXPX. So maybe there's an outside chance that, yeah, you know, that's, that's where cool. they got the name. I think it's, you know, like MXPX has come up somewhere with him in an interview at some point in time, but. Maybe I'm making that up. I don't know. Um, but yeah, let's get into it. Let's talk about uh, the first record tonight that we're going to talk about, or this episode, is The Greatest Generation. You're just trying to read, but I'm always standing in your light. You're just trying to sleep, but I'm So, um, maybe I'll take the lead. Yeah, go for on, it. On this one. Like, this was a band that I suggested, and I know, like, you were, you had heard them and you knew who they were, uh, but never really dove in. So, um, I'll talk about this. It's this, this record actually marks the finale of a three part series of albums. Yeah. Um, about Soupy's childhood and growing up. The other two records being The Upsides and Suburbia, I've given you all, and now I'm nothing. Um, now, the interesting thing about The Upsides is. I think as far as the Wonder Years are concerned, that's kind of like their official first album, even though they do have, you know, an EP and maybe a full length or something, or maybe some splits that came before that. Uh, but they often don't look back on some of that very fondly. Um, in fact, I was having a conversation on, on our Instagram about that earlier stuff. They were, they are often listed. If you, I, I want to say, if you look up the term easy core, uh, on Wikipedia, the Wonder Years are often listed 
in some of the one of the early so that's why uh, before we were recording tonight it's like oh go listen to this record because they do have on streaming services like those those older albums aren't available but uh, they do have a collection of uh, like early stuff on streaming services uh, I think it's called Sleeping on Trash or whatever and I said go listen to some of this because those first few songs for sure come off of an EP that was they were still very much they've even got like the, the easy core like keyboard They've got like the singing and screaming and like all that kind of stuff going on. It's it's kind of interesting to hear, but they don't look back on it too fondly. The lyrics were also a little more lighthearted, less serious than they would become. Yeah, I was gonna um, say I got through uh, two songs while I was uh, sitting on the can, and like, yeah, it sounds <laughs> like they just wrote these based off yeah. of just sitting in the van and. <laughs> And I mean, that's probably what they were doing at the time, right? Like, yeah. I mean, they ended up calling that collection of of songs, you know, well, I mean, that was off of an EP, but like when they released it later, they called it Sleeping on Trash because, you know, just talking about probably sleeping on floors, sleeping on wherever, you know, just doing what you can to get by to keep the dream alive. But um, so, yeah, The Greatest Generation marks the finale of these three albums that came uh, with, I mean, those albums are, are great as well, but um this one definitely the standout of the three the only like real note i had before we kind of get into some of these songs is i don't understand why they're there is the opening track i know some people love that it's the opening track but it for me it just kind of like lulls you into the album it's got a quiet start and um it's you know it's a fine song but for me it feels weird to be the opener but what were some of uh i guess kind of your initial thoughts or quick thoughts on the record before we jump into a few songs yeah, I mean, this one definitely has a... Yeah, I thought that same with that opening track. I was like, okay, this isn't winning me over immediately. Um, but, it, I mean, it picks up pretty quick. But, yeah, overall, the album has a really good energy to it. It's definitely more on the punk side of things than, um, than No Closer to Heaven, and I think some of the albums that followed that. Um, so I enjoyed that. It's high energy. Yeah, for some reason, I think kind of what we were talking about before with maybe just the sad boy thing, I've never... I've never put that to this, why maybe I don't like it, but kind of after you've mentioned that, you know, maybe just even the lyrical content just kind of never struck a chord with me, which is maybe one reason why um, I never really just sat down and listened to a whole album of this. It reminded me of, at times, not musically or really anything, of, of uh, actually the Weaker Thans. They were another mm. band that just, there was something about the lyrics and the way he sung it that just kind of threw me off. And You're gonna hurt it, a lot of people. <laughs> I, I'm not. I'm not saying I don't like it. There's there's yeah. a few of their albums because um, I listen to a lot of that um, on tour. Because a few of the other guys really liked it. So I'm not saying yeah. I don't like it, but I just it was just something about it that was just a little bit different for me. And it was always kind of was like ah, I don't like. I just I really can't just grab onto this. It, just just the way I guess the kind of the story that was being told just didn't resonate with me. It's, it didn't have anything to, yeah. against it. It's really. It's really interesting because so John K. Sampson, the lead singer and songwriter for The Weaker Thans, um, I mean, he's often looked, and I know that Dan Campbell is a big fan of John K. Sampson and his his lyricism. And I know he's looked at um, as being, you know, like one of the greats, even whether, you know, in like that kind of genre, subgenre, or whatever, like the punk world, or even just one of the greats of his generation when people kind of discover, I'm talking about John K. Sampson, but um, his lyrics are something that actually, and, and it's, I'm glad you brought it up because that is one of the things that really draws me into uh, the Wonder Years is that that particular style of lyricism, right? Like, um, 
he's very like John K. Sampson, kind of jumping back and forth here. But John K. Sampson is very much like he will write in a place um, where you know he will be referencing. I mean, if you're from Winnipeg in the Winnipeg area, you're probably going to understand a lot of references that he brought up over the years or what have you. But there's like a lot of things where, much in a similar way that um, this is getting uber Canadian, but Gord Downey of the Tragically Hip would write like Gord Downey. It took me forever to see like, oh, this guy is actually an incredible lyricist. Musically, I couldn't always get into the Tragically Hip. Some of their songs I absolutely love. Some of their songs I'm like, eh. But his lyrics were always so just like, whether he's painting a picture or telling a story or teaching yeah. you even, and so like. It's just interesting to see kind of, you know, like going down the line. Because I would, I would be comfortable in saying that, in fact, I think I read something or heard something that John K. Sampson learned from Gord Downey was that it's okay to write about where you're from, yeah. right? Like, yeah. And then in a similar way, uh, Dan Campbell has been influenced by John K. Sampson, maybe not just John K. Sampson, but to write where he's from or about where he's from, which... Not knowing, you know, he writes a lot about if I if I understand about Chicago and Philadelphia, they're a Pennsylvania band, um, and so there's a, there is a lot of this stuff going on where I'm like, okay, I don't necessarily understand those references like at all, but the way he tells stories and puts you in places, I absolutely absolutely love, and that was that was really what drew me in to the band. That's funny you mentioned the tragically hip because I mean I wouldn't consider myself a fan at all or even really know any of their music. But I've heard enough on the radio or whatever. Yeah. But there was a few times listening. It might have been um, no closer, no closer to heaven. But there was a few times I was like, this guy sounds like the tragically hip singer. Like maybe just some really small little nuances <laughs> or the way. But that just that popped into my head. So it's funny you bring that up because uh, yeah. there was times now I, wanna... I don't know if it was the lyrics and the right. way he was saying it or what it was, but. It's interesting because now, now I want to go and listen for that because I could see some sort of similarities in the fact like Dan Campbell, he's never been, especially on like the quieter bits, he's never been, or softer parts, he's never been a vocalist where I'm like, oh, he's super, like, he's awesome, right? Like I love when he, like when he gets into kind of his yell and more boisterous kind of stuff, um, yeah. I can, I think, oh, oh, he's great. But some of those quieter, softer parts, I'm like, ah, uh, you know, if that's how he sang most of the time, I don't know. Like, I can't really get into... Um, he has a side project called Aaron West and the Roaring Twenties. And it's definitely a lot different from the Wonder Years. Some of it's more acoustic-driven and, and, and softer at parts. And I'm like, I can't quite get into it, which is funny because he's still writing the lyrics and still doing a damn good job. But just, yeah, like his voice kind of at times, I'm like, I just can't quite get into it and i've had that same thing with like gord downey of the tragically hip right like yeah uh, he's he's got a unique voice but but i that's a it's an intriguing kind of like reference i'm 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 glad that you kind of well i mean i guess we got there from john k Sampson, but uh yeah no that's that's incredible so let, why don't we get into uh the three songs that we're going to talk about from this record you picked two i picked one on this one uh the first one up is the one i picked uh it's the song dismantling summer <laughs> Side your bedroom. I 
And I'm going to try to get through this without um, okay, without getting too, too off topic or what have you. Uh, so there are, I don't know if there are any bands out there that actually have songs that mean something to me. This is, this might sound strange, especially when, you know, this guy was just being like, can you talk about real punk bands? And I'm about to like share like, <laughs> like kind of an emotional story. So heads up, this story might get emotional. But uh, so I, I discovered um, the Wonder Years at a very specific time in my life. And I don't know what exactly led me to the Wonder Years. I feel like I was just one day was kind of like, oh, what's going on in pop punk these days? And so I kind of looked for a list of bands and they were on there along with like real friends and some of those bands I mentioned. So I listened to the Wonder Years and this wasn't the first song I heard. In fact, the first stuff I heard was off No Closer to Heaven, but I came around to this album and this song specifically. um, So I got into the Wonder Years at a very trying time in my life because my son, who was three at the time, uh, was actually battling cancer. And so Dan Campbell has a lot of um, especially like he's got a lot of hospital references and imagery in his music um, and I mean that there's very specific reasons for that he's a lot of his songs are written about the passing of a friend and stuff like that but um, the hospital imagery used in this song gets me every single time uh, especially the line where he says orange bottles stare me down again um, I've been acting but I'm, I've been acting like I'm strong but the truth is I've been losing ground uh, because like is anytime I hear this song, I'm taken right back to, you know, my son being in the hospital and just spending, you know, it was, it was about four months where he was there, you know, maybe he was home in total over those four months for, you know, a grand total of a couple of weeks. And so it was just a lot of time spent in the hospital, spent with doctors and nurses and all this stuff. And um, anytime I hear this song, it's one of the few songs that actually like on command can like bring tears to my eyes <laughs> as I like sit through this. Yeah. One of the other songs that brings tears to my eyes almost every time I hear it is actually, and you can make fun of me all you want for this one, but it's actually the song fix you by Coldplay. every single time. If they use it in a television show, it, the, even if I'm not fully invested, I'm like, <laughs> just like weeping. <laughs> but anyway, uh, this song, in fact, this song I was, uh, so I went and saw them, uh, on their headlining tour for Sister Cities, which is the album that came after No Closer to Heaven. And uh, it was a great show. Tiny Moving Parts opened up as well as Tiger Jaw. And who was, there was, oh, the Warriors or Warriors were another band on that on that bill. But when this song came on, I had full intent of just being like singing along at the top of my lungs. Like, yeah, I know all the words to this song. I There was a, there was a period of time where I was playing acoustic shows and I was raising... Uh, money for the kids with cancer society up here and i covered this song and shared a story and whatnot before and all this kind of stuff and um when i saw them play this song live i was like yeah i know all the words i'm gonna sing along top of my lungs what have you and all i could do was literally stand there with like my eyes closed and just like tears running down my cheeks i felt like afterwards i just felt like you know when you see uh the stereotypical like fangirl or fanboy or whatever is like just crying when they see their favorite artist i'm like it's not even that but i can't help it it's just super emotional and um i just think like that's one of the things that has always been important to me about the wonder years is that when i discovered them uh, they had a whole lot of imagery and stories in their songs that I was like, whether, you know, and it might not be the entire song, but just bits and pieces where I'd like pull and they just like stuck. Right. And so that's definitely one of them. But, um, 
yeah, I don't want to go on too, too long about that because we don't want this podcast to be a bummer. By the way, uh, my son is fine. He's cancer free over five years now. So they say he's, they say at that point, they say he's cured of cancer and no longer just in remission. Um, so yeah, I should, I'm always the worst at like leaving people (laughs) hanging. I would like tell these stories when playing these shows and all of a sudden I'd like look around and all these people are just like getting like super sad and I'm like, Oh shoot. No, no, no. Just wait guys. He's okay. Just let me get through this story. He's fine now. <laughs> like, ah. But uh, yeah, so what were um, some of your thoughts on, on Dismantling Summer? Um, yeah, well, yeah. Thanks for, uh, for sharing that. That does, uh, <clears throat> that does add a lot to it. And I think not just with this band, but music in general, right? If, if you have an emotional connection with it, that does wonders for... Mm. I'm sorry, no pun intended. Um, right for just <laughs> for connecting with a band yeah so, yeah anyways um yeah i really like this song this was actually one of the ones that that stood out to me that was going to be one of my picks um yeah it's got a really good groove to it it's upbeat catchy lyrically really emotional and easily accessible as most people you know have lost someone close to them or you know, have had to sacrifice something in order to spend time with that person and so yeah it was really cool looking up um, what these albums were about because I had no idea that you know this trilogy or whatever was about you know losing losing a friend or this album specifically and um, I don't know that's that's, that's well, no yeah that's no closer to heaven oh, okay um, so it's just, this one oh, yeah, he, this one was about his grandpa right Is well maybe I'm not I'm not sure specifically I didn't look up to see who this song specifically was about as far as like the the losing a friend there are songs on this album and possibly earlier albums that are also that are about the same friend that also gets brought up on uh, on No Closer to Heaven. Um, yeah, I didn't look. I wouldn't be surprised because I do know. Yeah, this one's about his grandpa because he had to cancel tour. Yeah, um, yeah. To go and spend time with him, and so I was gonna say I know. I believe um, on Sister Cities, maybe the song "Raining in Kyoto" is about his grandfather as well i could be wrong it's been a while since i kind of looked these things up it is one of the things about the band though that i love where they have like you the you know you can go in and you can actually look and see what these songs are kind of about and where the inspiration comes from versus it just being like oh i just wanted to write something that you know anyone can take any i mean anyone can take any meaning out of these songs that they want right like i mean i i was connecting on a level with my son sort of thing and if it's about his grandpa it's like well that's kind of you know a little different or whatever but um yeah, it is. There is. They they will be open about sharing kind of those stories behind the songs and like when you get, you know, some of the pressings on vinyl or CD or whatever, they come with books that just have all sorts of goodies in them. But yeah, well, I think it's more about you know that type of situation versus just that specific yeah. you know kind of person or whatever, right? Just where you're in that season of, I mean, I'm not sure kind of what's going to happen, and you know, even thinking of my my friend this week that. Um, Right, he's kind right. of in that in between. Like, is something going to happen? And then all of a sudden, your life has changed forever. And yeah, and uh, yeah, most most people can can kind of correlate that to something in their life. And on a musical note, the um, I, I love this song. How it just kind of like explodes right out of the gate, like for that that intro guitar riff. Yeah. That's, super catchy like i can i can hum it right now it's stuck in my head and then just kind of like quiets down for that verse and i mean they're they're a really good band as far as dynamics are concerned like they you know they, they've got songs that are just like you know straight 100 miles an hour from the get-go they've got songs that are quiet and built they've got songs that are quiet they've got some they, they do it all but um 
So let's get into the next song, the first of your picks on this episode, and that's The Bastards, The Vultures, The Wolves. share your thoughts on on that song and why you picked it yeah i I love the opening of this song um it just kind of lets some cool sounding chords ring out which kind of immediately immediately grabbed me i think there's three and then it just hits fast and uh, i love the guitar tone on the song it almost reminds me of old saves the day um Mm. which would make sense because it's the same producer steve evitz um that produced through being cool as well as both of these albums um so i'm not sure if that was just a chance thing because I know there's you know 20 years in yeah, between yeah. that or whatever but I remember thinking that so I went and looked up I was like oh yeah it was recorded at the same place so hmm. it's kind of funny that, that that stuck out um, yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not exactly sure what the song is trying to convey lyrically um, you know I love the outro repeats that same lyric I came here looking for a fight and then while the guitar is just right. ripping rage it just creates this really cool wall of sound and I, I, I really like that at the end of that song I was like oh that was really cool and yeah. I want to listen note- to that again I'll say the note I had about that part is it almost gets to the point where like as those guitars build and that wall just like grows it almost gets to the point where it's unbearable and then it stops yeah. uh, like I feel like they did that very well right where almost like as they get through that last part like I came here looking for a fight and it's like building I'm just like the last little I'm like okay all right like can we do something oh it's <laughs> it's it stopped and then it yeah it kind of ends with it I came here and just like the shots or whatever right yeah. like it is very well done. and uh, Cool way to end the song, for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, this is, you know, kind of one of the... Uh, my, my note here says there are two sides to the Wonder Years for me. Or like the emotional side, like Dismantling Summer, where I like kind of connect to something. And, you know, kind of the storytelling side. I love, you know, this song for the reason that it kind of puts you in a place, a place of working hard, only to have uh, someone try to take all of that from you. And there's actually a live video that they did that they released where Soupy actually starts by saying, the minute you earn something in life, the world tries to take it from you. I'd rather burn it to the ground. There's uh, something to that. Oh, I, I didn't end the quote there. This next part's my line. But he says, I'd rather burn it to the ground. And I said, you know, there's something to that. Just not, you know, not just letting someone take something from you. And he clearly, you know, emotionally in this song uh, means it. And they actually, this is a, a point where we can kind of point out something that, I'm sure you noticed on this record and on No Closer to Heaven that they are a self-referential band. Um, like, they create this library of albums. And maybe that's why, um, you know, that, like that earlier stuff where they were, you know, doing the more of the easy core thing, they kind of try not to really look back on because yeah. they, they, weren't bu- they weren't building this world, if you want to call right. it that, this Wonder Years world. But in this song, they actually referenced the song came out swinging off of their previous album, which if you haven't listened to that song, 
Um, you know, and I, 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 there was no homework to listen to that song. Go listen to the song came out swinging. It is an absolute jam. And the, the bridge on that song. So good. And yeah, so he references that on this song. He says, you know, there's a line in there where he talks about, oh, now I want to, now I want to look it up to get it right. Um, the bastards, the, this is, this is how we, this is how we do official podcast (laughs) business here. Um, I just start, I just start going on Google looking stuff up because I didn't write it down, but, um, oh, now I got to find it. Uh, oh yeah. Well, yeah, because he talks about, oh, I thought there was a, anyway, yeah, he says, and yeah, I came out swinging, but I'm still coming out with two black eyes and a spit lip, a uh, split lip says this line directly refers to the first track off the band's third album, Suburbia, uh, came out swinging. The song sees Dan Campbell professing his will to triumph over mental illness and his own pride at managing to pull himself out of a depressive episode in the face of adversity. Um, Anyways, yeah, he uh so he, they're they're referencing songs off different albums at this yeah, point. I cool. I thought that was pretty cool when it jumped out. Um and it's just one of the things I love like another thing that I love about the Wonder Years. And yeah, the end of the song is absolutely massive and almost gets to this point of being unbearable before it's just like, "All right, we're done." <laughs> I I like that part. I don't remember uh having that feeling, but No, like I like it. It's just like it gets to this point. It's almost I don't know how to describe it. Like unbearable is the word I put not like unbearable and like, Oh, I really wish this was not happening. Right. But like yeah, it gets, it, it almost creates like this uneasy feeling because in, in me, I'm listening to it going, what in the world could they add to this? That's going to do anything to make it bigger. Right. Yeah. And it just like kind of keeps going and you're expecting that payoff and it just kind of really takes its time. And then there is no like payoff or all of a sudden it's like, boom. And it's just like, you know, four on the floor type thing where it just ex- explodes or what have you, like they do in some other songs. But it just, I don't know, it is it is really unique, great way to end the song. Um, but yeah, why don't we get into the final song that we're going to discuss uh, specifically off of The Greatest Generation, that being Teenage Parents. Maybe the uh, title kind of gives it away a little bit, but um, yeah, lyrically it's telling a story of himself or I'm assuming or someone else growing up poor and struggling, um, probably with a a single parent, um, which I think many people can relate to. The chorus is what got me. The lyrics are, you know, basically what I remember from growing up, getting hand-me-down clothes or buying at thrift stores, 
uh, yeah. which never bothered me. It's actually the way I still dress myself yeah, now. I know. So it's <laughs> something that has stuck with me. Um, but it's funny, just when that line came in, I was like, oh, yeah, this, is, this sounds like a little Goodwill. bit like my childhood. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But, you know, to kind of pull it into a more serious thing, like it, it helps me to value other things in life besides material things. And even though it may not be the emphasis of the song, it's what stands out most to me. Uh, make memories in life that will be lasting. Focus on relationships and people. And, you know, we can go through hard situations, um, you know, maybe that are out of, out of our control. But what can we take out of that to, to better ourselves? Um, yeah, musically, it's really upbeat and catchy, which caught my ear. Straightforward, but very enjoyable. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, Dan Campbell is telling stories here and yeah I, I as far as i know it is his story um that he's telling as far as like that growing up poor sort of thing it, i mean it could be characters what it, what have you but um there is a common theme in his songs that you'll find at least over a couple of albums anyways just talking about people trying to you know sort of hold you down like this song is a song about growing up poor and the people who try to keep you poor by holding you down like you're born yeah. into this this is all you're ever going to be sort of yeah. thing right and um, yeah, I know it's a, it's a, it's a fantastic song. Uh, it's a great example of his storytelling and songwriting. And uh, he's, qu- I think, quite possibly, if you want to look at like this generation of like pop punk bands, anyways. Like I, I, I wouldn't know well enough to go into other areas of you know the punk world to really like point it down. But like he is definitely up there for one of the lyricists of this time. I think like. Yeah, I've definitely seen, I mean, for someone who hasn't necessarily followed them, I've seen a lot of different um, comments or articles just on on his writing. So even for someone that doesn't, you know, know a lot of it or even necessarily connect with it, it definitely definitely stands out for sure. And I'll say his writing, his writing at least, I think is even, is still getting better. Like, I think the songs get better as you go through No Closer to Heaven lyrically and then even into Sister Cities, which, um, I mean, it's, we, we've mentioned it, but we're not, we're not specifically talking about Sister Cities today. But um, yeah, no, this is, it's a great song. And it is one that I'm terrible these days with song titles. So when you, when you like sent the songs that you picked, I was like, okay, well, which ones are these? And like, this is one that I probably would have picked as well, um, simply because like, you know, it's it's always stuck out to me, and it was you know the, one of the first ones to really stand out to me. I can picture driving um, back from work when I was working for a university basketball team. I can picture like driving late at night after some games, and like this song being on, and me just like awesome. singing along because yeah. So anyway, um, before we finish up with uh, the greatest generation, though, I thought we could talk about uh, you know a couple of the singles or other notable songs real quick. Uh, passing through a screen door is i believe i don't know if it was the first single off this record it is one of the singles i love this song i think this is track two i think it should be track one on the album um but whatever it is the way it is they're there i like as soon as that comes on i'm like oh here we go i'm i'm listening to the greatest generation but i do love passing through a screen door it's a banger of a song um and uh it's just about getting out getting away you know kind of getting uh making it out on your own sort of thing. And then the other one I really wanted to talk about, you cannot talk about the greatest generation and not talk about, I just want to sell out my funeral, the closing Mm. track, because Holy crap. If this is not the definition of a closing track, I don't know what is like 
it just kind of starts off almost as a bit of an unassuming song on its own. Um, but then the outro on that song, as they reference almost, I don't, I didn't count. I mean, I know it's not every single song because I know the song Madeline isn't referenced in, uh, in, in this song, but Madeline's also kind of like one of those songs where I'm like, Oh yeah, this song, eh, it doesn't really need to be here, <laughs> but it is what it is. Um, it's a nice song, but I just want to sell out my funeral as it starts like going through the songs and just, it's, it's unbelievable. And yeah, I don't, the way they did that. I don't, the only thing I kind of wish that they had done with it, knowing that this was to wrap up, you know, kind of a trilogy of albums is that it, those references would have maybe referenced prior albums right mm-hmm. like in songs yeah. off those even if it's just you know like one or two songs off those albums and then you know a handful of songs off this record but it's still it's unbelievable the first time i heard it and like it came on because um because it, it goes to the line where i just wanted to be a contender or whatever i think it's like but that's that line is just from a few songs prior so the first time i heard it, i was like i feel like i just listened to this and then i'm like i did and then i'm like listening and it's just like building and building it's incredible that's awesome. Yeah, I I don't remember. Um, I'll have to go back and, and try to catch some some of those points. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's a bit longer of a song. I think it's almost eight minutes long as a closer, but it's really good. Um, so let's do that. Let's move on to the next record, the first outside of the trilogy. Trilogy that being no closer to heaven. couple quick notes on this is the band's first record as i mentioned outside of the trilogy that they had written uh, and released prior to that uh through a lot of the writing process um dan campbell actually suffered from writer's block trying to come up with kind of new ideas to get out of you know that mold he'd been writing in for the last number of years right um and some of that writer's block actually led to i think one of the best moments on the record which we're going to talk about uh in in a a little bit here but it's a concept album about the loss of a loved one and uh, it was the record that actually introduced me to the Wonder Years. I was looking to get back in, like I said, to pop punk and kind of looked up some bands and Wonder Years were there alongside Real Friends, Knuckle Puck, that sort of thing. And um, Cardinals was the first song that I heard by watching the video and I was immediately hooked. So what were your thoughts on No Closer to Heaven? So I listened to this album right after Generation. I was uh, out on a bike ride and... and uh, so it definitely didn't have the same kind of 
punch to it as um, as gen greatest generation. But it, yeah, it's it's a bit darker and moodier, um, not as high energy and you know towards the punk side of things. But yeah, definitely a lot to a lot to take in, you know, lyrically and musically. Um, the songs were maybe a bit more dynamic and a bit more mm -hmm. up and down and and building and so, um, which maybe like usually when I'm when I'm biking, it's like I want something like you know really <laughs> high energy and you know because I'm ripping down the bike path or whatever. And so I found myself a few times kind of feeling like it was lagging a bit for me and kind of being like, okay, I hope the next song is maybe a bit different. And um, so again, that it's kind of a perspective of just kind of getting into it versus knowing it and um, yeah, yeah. kind of maybe really diving into it, I guess. Yeah. And maybe it's a record that next time you need to listen to when you're like cleaning <laughs> or something, you know, like somewhere you're like, I don't want to just be full bore the whole time, but um, it's definitely like, as far as music is concerned, it's, it's definitely a, not, not entirely a slower album, but it definitely has a lot more, you know, kind of like slower parts. And as you mentioned, dynamic, which is something that they kind of carried on even more so into sister cities. Um, but at the same point, their sonic scape just kind of grew even further with that record. And I think it's starting to grow here. And I honestly think like it, it's maybe not as fast, but I would say it's heavier. Um, you know, like there's I don't know. It's I really love this record. And I think that's what I love about it is that the songs like, you know, like the, just with that whole the dynamics and all that kind of stuff. They don't all feel like they're bleeding into one song necessarily. Um, there's a lot more different, like difference between songs. I don't know. I love, yeah. I love this record, but, but let's get into some of the songs. Uh, first one we're going to talk about is cigarettes and saints. Twice a week. I pass by church to hold your funeral. And the pastor's words come pouring down like rain. He called you a sinner And said now you walk with Jesus So the drugs that took your life aren't Gonna cause you any pain I don't think he even knew your name And I refuse to kneel and pray you candle in every cathedral across Europe and I hope you know you're still my patron saint well I try to forgive but I can't forget the cigar in his fist well I know that they were heart sick I need someone to blame And I know how they blame me I know what you'd say You'd tell me it was your fault I should put all my arrows away And uh, so I picked two off of this record And you picked one And Cigarettes and Saints was my pick And um, it's funny because this wasn't, again, the first song I heard by the Wonder Years was um, uh, Cardinal. And is that what it, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, whatever. <laughs> um, 
this one, when it kind of came on initially as I was listening through the album, it was kind of, you know, it starts out a little bit, and I use this word, I know, for, you know, I just want to sell at my funeral, but it kind of starts off unassuming. I'm not a huge, huge fan. Again, this is one of the parts where i talking about Dan Campbell's vocals where I'm like, uh, it's, it's okay, his vocal performance, but this song is unbelievable. It's a song about a friend of uh, Campbell's passing away uh, from an overdose, and the back half of the songs where it builds is actually a protest against pharmaceutical lobbyists and the opioid crisis. Um, and so, oh, I wanted to mention, I believe the song Cul-de-Sac, Off the Greatest Generation, is also about this same guy, and I'm pretty okay. sure there are multiple songs about this guy, yeah. uh, this friend of his. But um, this song, along with one other one on this record, actually remind me of how good the Wonder Years really are because this song comes on, and when it gets to that back half of the song, it is again. I, I, I need I need to get a thesaurus because I just keep saying it's unbelievable. But um, when this song starts to build, and that's one you know one of the things I've enjoyed about this band and these records is those spots where they let the music build. And it is one of those ones. I know the first time I heard it, I was like, every time you think they've reached their peak of where this music is going to build to they start building to go higher right. and it just like and you watch the video i don't know if you saw the video for this song but they've no, got at one point there's there's two drummers playing and uh like soupy is actually playing a guitar and so i don't know how much of that is actual you know to the song itself and the recording or if it's just like emphasizing that how big this song is getting um but yeah it's like it just it's it sneaks up on you because you know it starts with the piano and it's kind of quieter and whatnot, and it's like, okay, yeah, this is this is fine. You know, I like this song, but as it goes, you just can't you can't get away from it. And it just goes back, like towards the end of the song, how he goes back to the intro and the song Cardinals uh, in the right. part where it says, "We're no saviors if we can't save our brothers," uh, which again is just you know we've mentioned it with the Wonder Years, just like referencing things and tying things in. And um, the only thing that feels a little weird, I think maybe, is that this song isn't like the closing song, and to to like take that line and put it at the end of the record, maybe that's right. too similar to what they kind of did on the Greatest Generation, except that was on yeah. steroids on Generation, right? But but had they put this song at the last, because I mean, it feels that way in like this kind of quiet start and massive build, but I think maybe they just wanted to get away from doing that on two records in a row, like closing out that way, right? Um, but it's it's such a great song, so. Uh, I don't know. Why don't you share some of your thoughts on on this one? Yeah, this one was, you know, like I said, coming in as a first time listener and not knowing, you know, the subject matter beforehand. I mean, I looked that all all up, you know, afterwards, and so it was a bit, you know, it definitely dragged on a bit for me, and I kind of wondered where it was going. Um, but then, as I listened through the second time after I read what it was about, I mean, they do a really good job of matching the music to the lyrical content right. and just using those together to really build really build something. Not necessarily just build the sound, but build like uh, a structure or whatever. Right, um, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I can definitely appreciate what they did with that. I mean, it's not a song I would go and, and listen to, you know, 10 times. But, um, yeah, again, for the subject matter, I think it was really fitting musically what they did. Yeah, it, it is interesting because like this song, I do like I've I've I'm to the point where, um, you know, like those kind of initial reservations maybe I had about the song, like they don't bother me anymore, right? Like I'm like, oh yeah, this I just know 
knowing where the song's going and just like anticipating right. like that. I'm just like, oh, I'm I'm all in, and it is one of my regulars that I'll go to on this album if I'm, you know, I mean, typically I just listen to albums from start to finish, but if I'm having to pick something out. This song is right up there. Mm. Um, along with the next one that we're going to talk about, which is called Stained Glass Ceilings. So this was this was another one that I picked, and I would say this song is what made me pay closer attention to the band. I can vividly remember being at work one day, and uh, I had this album on, and it was just playing in the background while I was doing some work, and all of a sudden, it got to, again, we're talking an awful lot about bridges and outros with, with the Wonder Years, but it got to like the bridge, outro, part on this and all of a sudden like that was cutting through. I didn't have it turned up super loud it was kind of quiet and so all of a sudden that's cutting through and I'm like what what is this and so I like turn it up I was like oh this is good so then I put it back to the beginning of the song and listened all the way through and of course you know what, I, what I'm referring to here is the feature from I don't know if it's is it Jason Allen Butler or Alon but I don't know how to say his middle name yeah, I think it was Jason Butler yeah from Let Live yeah yeah, I'll say he was originally the lead vocalist of the band Let Live. I think he's currently in the Fever 333, yeah. is what I read. Um, he actually also, random factoid, also featured on the latest record from The Used yeah. uh, on the song Blow Me. Um, but uh, it's one of my favorite features, maybe even of all time. Like he, When he comes in, he is explosive. And it's also nice because it's not just like this small part where he's got like one or two lines. And it's not just like, oh, he's a you know he's a, a backing vocal feature or what. He is to me the key part of this song. And so he actually how that whole thing came about was as I mentioned earlier, like uh, Soupy was having you know suffering some writer's block and reached out to some friends to help kind of get things going. And so uh, Jason Butler was one of those guys who was like, oh yeah, here's some here's some ideas or whatever. And so um, he actually wrote his lines in that part, and it is. The way he delivers, I also like how you know, like partway through it, like it changes, all like the music kind of yeah. changes a little bit, and it's like every time I hear it, I'm in. And so again, it's another song that's kind of about being held down. A song about glass ceilings being held down. I guess the like the stained glass ceiling is supposed to be you know like reminiscent, you know, kind of tying religion into that as well. I know Soupy's got a bit of a bit of a he's got a take on religion, I guess you could say. Um, but uh, he also takes a shot full pun intended at uh, gun culture there's a line in the bridge that says john wayne with a god complex tells me to buy a gun like shooting a teenage kid is going to solve any problems uh soupy is actually referencing a story from his childhood he had his bike stolen at gunpoint and uh, when he reported it to the police the officer told him that maybe he should buy a gun to protect himself wow (laughs) job well done 
Mr. Officer. Yeah, but, that's crazy. Yeah. yeah, I mean, this song, it packs, you know, like it, it packs a punch. The You know, it, it's got a message that feature is unbelievable. I don't know. I just... I just love I love the guitar part. Again, it's another song similar that on this record that kind of starts off a little more mellow. He's kind of like the one guitar player is kind of doing a bit of a, like a two a slow lazy two hand tap sort of thing. Right. I don't know. I I love it start to finish. What are what are some of your thoughts on this song? Yeah. Well, as I so I had gone and just looked up what this song um, was about and and uh, yeah, it just kind of goes to show that why I don't connect with lyrics is because I'm terrible with words and there's just so many. I mean, not just this song, but a lot of theirs. When I go and read, you know, the explanations, like uh, I would just never think of something like that to write a song about. Like all I can think about is just <laughs> whatever is on my mind then, or, or whatever. But yeah, right. yeah, like you said, similar to the last one, you know, lots of ups and downs, a bit moodier. Um, again, a bit harder for me to get through. But again, after I've gone and, and looked at the explanation, um, which maybe I should just do before I listen to an album, um, <laughs> maybe that would help. Although it'd be kind of hard to Interesting remember all practice, those when, yeah. uh, you know, when I get to it. Um, because, yeah, typically for, for me, music is kind of like my first reaction is kind of yeah. how I feel about the album. And, and I, I mean, I don't know if that necessarily changed my thoughts, but it does help just knowing like, okay, this is, you know, where this is going because this is where it's coming from. And yeah, um, yeah, yeah, cool, cool feature from Jason Butler on there. And um, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, it's it's unbelievable. That's that'd be an interesting practice, though. I gotta say, is to like go in and read, read what you can find about the record before listening to a single second of it. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe yeah. I'll try that. I mean, like the the records we're gonna do on the next episode. I've heard both of them. One of them way more than the other. But maybe for the one, I'll go and read as much as I can find on it, and then see, and then go and listen. I don't know, but yeah. Let's get into our uh, final song that we uh, picked or that you you picked off of No Closer to Heaven, which is I Wanted So Badly to Be Brave. song um you know lyrically about seeing a close friend dealing with an abusive parent um you know i I like the emphasis on brotherhood and being there for a friend that has nowhere else to go the line don't take me home that's a that's a hard one to swallow Um, i've worked with um, at-risk youth for for a number of years and i've heard lots of stories kind of similar to this so 
Um, that song kind of hit close to home for me, and yeah. and uh, it's definitely one of those songs that you can kind of picture it, you know, as you're, you know, at least for me when I was listening, it almost kind of played out in my mind like a movie, like, you know, just them, you know, like riding their bikes off somewhere, yeah. and the kid's just like, man, I just really don't want to go home. Like, can we yeah. just kind of keep hanging out? And um, yeah. yeah, the bridge is my favorite, as we've said, bridges, bridge, awesome bridge to this song. Um, I love that it goes into that instrumental jam, you know, just with the kind of woes um, in the background. But such an awesome part before everything cuts out. And then it goes back into, you know, kind of intense lyrics. But but also very hopeful, the line, they're hateful because they're empty. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's right on track, you know, but then the hope comes in with a line. We've got a chance to break the cycle. And so, again, something that, you know, um, I've spent a lot of time talking about with youth and trying to... Yeah encourage it's like you know you can change your situation what's happened but you know you have the opportunity to to break that for you know if you have kids or just your family or whoever you're around and and so yeah really really cool song lyrically and musically and um, definitely the the highlight of the album for me it's interesting that you use the word intense to describe the song because i use the word heartbreaking Mm. Um, it's also interesting that you compared it to a movie or said it felt like a movie because I compared it to a, an actual, like a, a specific movie. There are certain parts in the song that remind me of Forrest Gump uh, when Forrest discovers that Jenny is being abused by her father and just kind of like that whole kind of storyline in the movie yeah. and whatever. And I'm just like, yeah, it is. It is like intense is, is an excellent way to, you know, kind of describe the song. Um, and, and to further your point with the, you know, the bridge kind of introducing hope into the song, um, that line, they're hateful because they're empty. We've got a chance to break the cycle. Um, so, so powerful. But then even followed by we could be the heroes that we always said we'd be. Yeah. Like, it's just, you know, there's something to, and I know this is written from Dan Campbell's perspective, his point of view. But to see something like that and to actually, though, to be able to see a light through it is, is pretty right, powerful. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I know this song. I had never really taken a closer look at this song um, until, you know, doing this episode. There are some songs where you'll hear lines that jump out. And, yeah. you know, this one didn't didn't necessarily have lines that jumped out, mainly because, like, the catchiest part of the song is the don't take me home, don't take me home. And I didn't really put right. any thought into it. And then to look at it being like, yeah, like to take that from a child's perspective, right? Me saying, like, don't take me home. I don't want to go home. Like, yeah. uh, that's pretty that's pretty crazy. Uh, so why don't we get into, I, I had a couple of notes on a few other um, songs off this record that we'll yeah. talk about real quick. Uh, other singles that were released would be Cardinals, which I mentioned earlier is the first song right. I remember yeah. hearing. Uh, the video is super powerful. I don't know if you watched that, um, but it's 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 can, like Dan Campbell comes running around the corner in this video in slow motion. He's carrying a lifeless body, mm. and it's just him running down the street, and they're both soaked. So clearly this guy's been pulled out of the water. And they're both soaked. Campbell's running down the street um, in clear distress, uh, distress, and you know they're passing people on the street who are just kind of like looking over like, there's a couple people playing basketball and they just kind of look over keep doing what they're doing guy watering his lawn just keeps doing what he's doing and as the camera like slowly pans around you see that soupy's actually chasing an ambulance and the ambulance is driving away from him there's a paramedic hanging out the back that's like encouraging him waving him on but the ambulance isn't stopping right like it's just you know kind of keeps going and and you know i don't know necessarily if this i'm assuming this song is again tied to the death of his friend who overdosed 
Um, especially again with that line where no saviors if we can't save our brothers. And I'm yeah. assuming the guy he's carrying is supposed to you know be reminiscent of his friend and just like kind of how he was let down sort of by the system type thing, right? But um, yeah, super powerful video, great song. And uh, the other one was I don't like who uh, I don't like who I was then. It's an incredible story uh, referenced in this song, which just is, is fantastic. So in the first verse, Soupy sings, "I've got a scar across my forehead, turning purple in the cold from a night at Shore Memorial. I was 16 and afraid, turned away." Uh, he's singing actually about a time where he split his head crowd surfing at an alien ant farm show, nice. and he. W- Went to the hospital, was but was told to wait because his injuries weren't life-threatening, right? Like, he needed stitches, but that was it. So he left because he didn't want to miss less than Jake. <laughs> it's like, no, I got to get back to the show. And no, then the following... Yeah, that would be a good yeah, The following lines, like, I'm working baby face out of Mid-South in the 80s. I kept a blade hidden in my wrist tape. Uh, has always stood out to me because I'm a fan of pro wrestling. Soupy's a fan of pro wrestling and just how he took that situation where he's got blood running down his face and he just started envisioning himself as like this baby face, this like hero good guy or whatever fighting against the odds. Uh, yeah. I just thought it was pretty great. But, um, you know, I can't just to kind of wrap wrap this this episode up. I can't quite pick a favorite album from the Wonder Years, whether it's between these two or even like Sister Cities is incredible to me as well. I know Sister Cities was, you know, they kind of split their fans a little bit on that one, but um, they just all do things so differently, but at the same point, so well. So, I mean, I think Soupy's lyricism has actually gotten better as time has gone on. And like, that's for me, that's been the strong point of the band. That's what hooked me. Um, But I know you probably got some thoughts, you know, musically between the two records. Yeah, I would definitely lean more towards generation. Just there was more that grabbed me from it. And it's a record I would go back to, um, versus no closer to heaven, and but I mean that's you know based mostly kind of just musical and first impressions kind of well not first impressions right. I'd heard the album before but you know kind of first impression listening to these ones again yeah yeah um, I did kind of reach out on our Instagram and ask some people for their thoughts on these records and we got some response um, Axel Elkum I think I'm saying that right. Um, it says the greatest generation made its way onto my top 10 albums of the decade when I did a reflection in 2019. I'd always liked the Wonder Years, but I couldn't really resonate with the songs on their previous albums as they were very reference heavy in a way that didn't translate to a 20 something geezer from the UK. Uh, I feel the greatest generation was considerably more accessible, which I think is one of the things that like, I do believe it's often looked at as kind of like maybe their, their high point. Um, I think, again, this was David from Jimmy Eat Pod. He's just commenting from their Instagram account. But it says, The Greatest Generation is the only album I know well by them, yet it's one of the greatest albums I've ever heard. Opening it with a slow jam is such a flex, uh, which I called them out for. I'm not huge on it, but whatever. And the line, I just want to sell out my funeral, resonated with me so much when I first heard it. Then wrapping up the record with little motifs and themes from earlier in the record is The Chef's Kiss. I was in a dark place when I first heard it, and I don't even know why or how I heard it. They've always been on my radar from afar, but never dug in. This record would be a hard one to top. Mm. Um, Yeah, and then uh, Jack Graham NJ said, uh, this band had such a wild start with some really goofy pop punk stuff. The original music isn't even available anymore. Thanks. uh, Well, he said the downside of streaming services, but then we had a discussion. It was, well, no, he was like, oh, I kind of, I miss, you know, misspoke or whatever, but 
the band doesn't like the old stuff. So right. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. kind of hard to find. I do believe it's out there on YouTube. But um, yeah, just just some thoughts from other people on these records. Oh, and it's awesome. obviously, yeah, and most of them leaning towards. Well, actually, I think all those comments led towards the Greatest Generation. But um, which it is again, it is a, a one hell of an album in my mind. Like I I love it start to finish. I think I can dig into No Closer to Heaven a little more, but that is what it is. Yeah. Anyway, so that'll wrap up this discussion. Coming up uh, on our next episode, we're getting back to um, our Blink-182 series of episodes as we're going to discuss some side projects. Uh, we're going to discuss the Boxcar Racer album as well as the Plus 44 album. Um, yeah, so that's what, that's what's yeah coming up next. One of those albums, as I mentioned, I've heard way more than the other. I'll let you try and figure out which one of those records I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, before we get out of here, uh, make sure you go follow us on our social media. As I just mentioned out, uh, you can go follow us at growing punk pod on Instagram and Twitter. You'll find our personal Instagrams and Twitter's link there as well. Uh, facebook.com slash growing up punk pod. I think, uh, you can also find the link to our website in all of our social media bios. Um, and when I say our website, I throw that term around loosely. When I remember, I add posts that, you know, kind of, you know, share what movie quotes we're using, all that kind of stuff, whatever, whatever the case may be. Um, and then what else was I going to say? Oh, wherever you're listening, make sure you rate, review, subscribe, all of that stuff. Um, tell your friends, help, help, help share the love, spread the show. That would be great. That'll do it though for this one. Goodbye. See ya. say. I had the strangest feeling. It was impossible for me to believe that Brian was dead. <laughs>